from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, and I thank you so much for tuning into the show every Monday through Friday from 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time right here on wakeupcalldt.com as well as on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt, which is the live feed, that live stream that you can pick up on the homepage of wakeupcalldt.com as well. On Facebook, we are at wakeupcalldt. On Twitter, at calldt. And on Instagram, at wakeupcall underscore dt. Thank you so much for being a part of the broadcast and a part of everything that we do with Wake Up Call by connecting with us through social media and on wakeupcalldt.com, watching the videos, reading our articles, everything. Thank you so much. So I appreciate it. Very happy to see this morning that the words for God are trending, as well as the topic, hashtag you are winning when. And I put out a message, you are winning when you be yourself, no matter who or what tries to take you away from who you know you are. You are winning when you be yourself, irregardless of what stands in your way, who tells you you can't or that you shouldn't. You are being yourself when you know deep down inside you're being the person that you know that God made you to be. That's how you are being yourself. So welcome and good morning. And if I can ask you all to say a prayer for my wife, she ended up, I know there's been a, a stomach bug going through central and upstate New York and the weather's been so squirrely. So please just say a prayer for my wife. She's been she had a rough night, a rough go, and and for the dog as well, and and for our household that we all feel better and that we stay well and and just get well. So my best to my wife. I, I love her tremendously, and I just want her to feel better. So please send some love over to Kate this morning if you would do so. I know a lot of people have been dealing with. People being sick in the house, and I know that one of my buddies, his wife and his and his kid were like last week, and now this week, my wife's not feeling that well. So just say a prayer that we all get better and, and that we stay well, no matter what's going on, that we just get ourselves better here, Lord. So thank you so much, and God bless each and every one of you. With that being said, it is time to hop into the morning menu. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We like to start off the show by giving you our menu of topics. The morning menu, that is, live now with the morning menu is Dan Tortora. Today's morning menu on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora here on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT is going to feature every single one of the coaches inside of the American Athletic Conference, every single one coming out of the spring. That's right, folks. You know how we do it here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, full coverage of the American Athletic Conference, and very proud to have them here on the show Today, you are going to have the opportunity to hear from 
all of the coaches, like I said, from each of the institutions. We are going to go in this order. You will hear from Mike Norvell of Memphis first. He is in his third year. This is his third season with the team. Then we'll go to Ken Niamatololo, who's heading into his 12th season with Navy. From there, we will move on to Sonny Dykes, who's in his first season with SMU. Randy Etzel, who's in his second season with UConn. Scotty Montgomery in his third season with East Carolina. Philip Montgomery in his fourth season with Tulsa. Major Applewhite in his second year as the head coach of Houston. He was the offensive coordinator under Tom Herman before Herman headed off to Texas and the Big 12, and Major Applewhite took over for him last season as the head coach. This will be his second year at Houston as the head coach. Luke Fickle, second season at Cincinnati. We'll go to him after that. Charlie Strong in his second season at USF. Jeff Collins in his second season in Temple. Josh Heupel in his first season with UCF. And then we'll go to my extensive sit-down conversation with Willie Fritz of Tulane heading into his third season with the Green Wave. So we are going to have the full effect of the American Athletic Conference on the show today. You'll have an opportunity to hear from teams all around the country, which I appreciate because we're here in central and upstate New York based here in the community, but we reach out to so many people. This is a local show. This is a regional show. This is a national show and an international show with the listeners we've had in Germany, Spain, England, Mexico, Canada, Russia, so on and so forth. We thank you for listening. We appreciate you taking some time with the show. And I really honestly cannot thank you enough for all that you have done to be a part of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. So much love and much appreciation to the amazing people out there for everything that they do. Because it means a lot to me and it means a lot to the show and it means a lot to the people that are on this show. So the American Athletic Conference all over the country you will hear from coaches this morning, all 12 of them. We have a traditional dozen this morning in the final conversation. The one with Willie Fritz is an extensive one. So you're going to hear me talk with each of these coaches. And then with Willie Fritz, we have a, a nice sit-down, extensive conversation about Tulane, about the conference, about Commissioner Mike Oresco, uh, just about a little bit of everything, and it's going to really give you a full feel for Willie Fritz, and even if you're not a fan of Tulane, even if you don't know who Willie Fritz is, whatever it may be, this is a conversation like they all are on this show, where you don't have to be a fan of this sport or this team or this conference or this whatever to appreciate and respect the voices that are going to be on here. So we will hear from each of the coaches, and like I said, with Willie Fritz, we're going to have an extensive conversation coming up. And I am ecstatic about the opportunity to have that. And then we'll round out the show on Tuesday like we always do with the ingredients to success. Proudly brought to you by Utica Pizza Company. Utica Pizza Company is located on 628 South Main Street in North Syracuse, New York, right by Sweetheart Corners. And it is the amazing flavors of pizza to chicken ruggies to baked ziti to eggplant parmesan, chicken parmesan, all of the goodness, Utica greens, folks, Utica style wings, folks, Philly cheesesteak pizzas with Utica greens mixed inside it, folks. You have not eaten an amazing, phenomenal, hands down, bar none, Italian meal out in central and upstate New York that feels like you're sitting at home and your mom or grandma's cooking or pop or grandpa until you go to Utica Pizza Company. So get yourself over there. You can call them for catering, delivery, and carryout. 
at 315-214-3060. Write that down now so that you know what to do for lunch today. 315-214-3060. So, with that being said, we're going to hop into these conversations with the coaches right after this fast break. We will start off with Mike Norvell of Memphis, who decided to come back to the team. And we will discuss why in just a moment. This is a wake-up call fast break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, Carvelanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrysigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrysigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, Command yourself to feel comfortable in Dreisig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrysigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513 or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, gotta take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name, so give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily. You know, we bring in local produce. We prepare to order in the kitchen. We hand bread our chicken. We hand spin our milkshakes. It's it's great food. It doesn't taste like fast food. 
I, I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. It's different. We, we try to treat people with intentional kindness here, which is very different and deeper than good customer service. And so you know, I think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Appreciate you being a part of the show every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time right here on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. And hope that you are having a great start to your week and that you're feeling good and that all is going well. Like I said, please say a prayer for the wife. She is feeling very under the weather today, and we're trying to make sure that we all stay healthy in the household, including the pup. So just say a prayer for my wife and that she feels better here. I would greatly, 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 greatly appreciate the kind words and well wishes, because, and she would too. So thank you so much for that, and I appreciate that. So with that being said, it is time to jump into my conversations with the American Athletic Conference. A bunch of coaches, an opportunity to speak with coaches all across the country, and they are all inside of the American Athletic Conference, and we're going to start things off with Mike Norvell of the Memphis Tigers. Mike Norvell has had a phenomenal, phenomenal season, uh, seasons, I should say, his first two years with Memphis. Justin Fuente did a heck of a job building up this team, and then after Justin Fuente had built up this team and moved on to Virginia Tech, Mike Norvell comes and steps in, and it's like the team didn't miss a beat. I give him a lot of credit for the work that he has done. I know that he, you know, he he tends to give the credit elsewhere, but I feel like obviously with everything that he's put forward and what this team has been able to accomplish, that he should have the respect and the appreciation of of doing it the way that he's done it. He's been able to do it with different players. He's been able to grow and excel. And he's found ways to win with the team that he has. They're obviously buying into what he's asked of them. And they're doing a good job. He's doing a good job. And this Memphis team is moving forward. And they got to keep him as he decided to stay with Memphis, even though his name had come up with a bunch of teams. He decided to stay with Memphis and return there for his third season. We talk about that and so much more coming up here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satoro. We're going to start off our conversation with Mike Norvell of Memphis on the quarterback competition between Brady White and David Moore in the offseason through the spring. No, I think, uh, you know, you know, Brady came in, uh, you know, there at, right at the beginning of the semester. And, uh, you know, I, I really was impressed uh, with the way that he jumped in, getting to know his teammates. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, he's got a, he had a lot to learn. And, uh, you know, being able to try to process all the information of what we do offensively and, uh, you know, you'll get the terminology down. Uh, yeah, I thought he did a, an exceptional job throughout the spring uh, with his command and control of the offense. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a very talented young man. He can, he can you know, throw the ball. He's extremely accurate. Um, 
you know, is, is very, very smart in, in understanding checks and, and reads and progressions. But, uh, uh, you know, he also showed off that he, he can move a little bit here this, uh, this spring. So I thought he had a, he did a great job, uh, with his opportunities. And then, you know, David Moore, uh, you know, really seen a lot of growth out of him. Uh, yeah, I think you know he, he gained he gained uh, I think almost twenty twenty five pounds here this this off season. Um, you know, just doing a remarkable job with his, with his nutrition, with his overall strength. Uh, you know, that you can see the confidence going into his to his third year. He was able to get some time last year in a in a backup role, and um, you know that that confidence really jumped over into into. You know this spring practice and, and what he had, what his job is and what his responsibilities are. And, you know, he's a very talented young man. He can make all the throws. He's very athletic. Um, you know I think he's got a, got a chance to to have a special future as long as he can con- continue with the with the consistency of what he does. So uh, you know those two guys really uh, you know did a very nice job here here in the spring practice with their with their opportunities. And then secondly, just what made you come back? I mean you've had success the last couple years here with the Memphis Tigers, but just what for you, with your name kind of swirling around with other schools and and opportunities, what made you come back to Memphis? You know, I mean, I really love it here, and I think that uh, you know we have a special opportunity to continue to grow as a, as a program. Uh, you know, I think uh, you you look at you know what we've been able to experience our first two years, the uh, the, the level which we're able to recruit to, um, you know, the community that's here to support us, the, the commitment from our uh, for our administration to continue to progress as uh, to where we want to go has been exceptional, and uh, you know, I believe that this is a, a great place. It's a it's a great fit for me and my family and uh you know we we truly have uh, established a, a a culture here that uh that, that i believe in and that i believe can continue to grow and um you know to keep our program competing at the highest level so uh you know we're excited about uh, about where we're going we're you know obviously we're proud of where, what we've been able to accomplish but uh you know we've got great expectations moving forward and coming once again from Mike Norvell of the Memphis Tigers deciding to come back for his third season with the team, which is a great opportunity for Memphis, a great opportunity for the American Athletic Conference, and will undoubtedly, in my opinion, show that the American Athletic Conference is truly a power six, that there is a power six in this country. If anything, you could switch you can you can argue the Big Twelve out and put the American Athletic in to this Power 5 conversation if you look across the board, basketball, football, and everything. But Power 6, at least, bare minimum, the American Athletic Conference should be a part of that. With that being said, coming off of Mike Norvell and heading into Kenny Amatololo, one of my favorite names to say on this show, always and forever, is Ken Niamatololo. And I appreciate the opportunity of speaking with Ken Niamatololo. I'm going to see how many times I can say the name on the show today. But a great coach. He is the longest tenured coach in the American Athletic Conference. He is heading into his 12th season with the team. While most coaches are heading into their first, second, third, and one of them into their fourth season inside of their program that's inside of the American Athletic Conference the 12th year for Kenny Amatololo. Like I said, nobody even even touching this. He's three times Philip Montgomery at Tulsa. Who's better, this is, he's in his fourth season, and Ken is in his 12th. So nobody comes close. Ken's in his 12th, then Phillip's in his fourth. Like I said, a bunch of guys at three, a bunch of guys at two, and then Sonny Dykes at SMU and Josh Heupel at UCF in their first season with their teams inside of the American Athletic Conference. So Kenny Amatololo coming here. 
in his dozen season, the, the 12th season over a decade with the Navy midshipmen, and always a pleasure to speak with. We start off our conversation with Malcolm Perry and Zach Aby. His thoughts on these two quarterbacks who had come, obviously had been facing injury and, and wanting to make sure that you get them right. You have them in the spring. Just how he brought them along, just what he saw from them, both coming off of injury, speaking on his quarterbacks, Malcolm Perry and Zach Aby. Well, they, you know, Malcolm pretty much did everything. You know, we watched him and we were very careful with him. Uh, but he looked really good. Um, you know, he hurt his foot in the in the bowl game, but you couldn't tell by the way he was running. Uh, so I was really excited because, you know, we moved him late last year, then did half of the season. Um, but we were able to get, you know, a ton of work in, a bunch of throwing in, which were, which was one of our main goals. Uh, Zach's done a lot, too. Zach A.B. was able to do a lot. And so I'm just grateful that both of them got a ton of reps in the spring and got a lot of work in. And, you know, obviously Zach's played a ton of football for us, the beginning part, and Malcolm finished it off. So to have both guys be able to practice, uh, you know, I thought was very beneficial for our football team. And then as far as for you with Navy, I know you said a couple times last season, that you weren't playing Navy football, which you considered it to be. Speak on getting back to get getting back to Navy football, playing the way that you need to see being played, and, and just if you felt coming out of the spring that you were getting back to those pillars and that foundation that you wanted. Yeah, I just you know, I, um, you know, I was just looking at you know since our staff's been together, almost forty five percent of our games are one possession games and. And so we know that our games are always going to be closed, so we got to take care of the football. we got to, you know, um, not can't penalize ourselves and miss assignments. I mean, just, I mean, and I know those are natural parts of the game, but we got to minimize that to the best of our ability to have a chance to compete against guys that are always going to be bigger and stronger and faster than us. For example, for nine years, we are either six times we were number one in the country, for the least amount of penalties. And last year, and three times we were number two. So for nine years, we were either number one or number two, least penalized team in the country. And last year, we were number nine. And I think there would be a lot of teams that would, you know, take being number nine, uh, least amount of penalized team in the country as a great feather in the cap. But, you know, it cost us some games. Um, you know, and just all of our games are close. So we can't do that. You know, pretty much all of our losses were all one possession games. You know, UCF scored late, Houston scored late. You know what I mean? But they're one possession games. You know, at the end of part of the game. Uh, so we got to be able to do things. Not to, it's hard enough to beat people, but we can't beat ourselves. And you just keep going. But we also recognize, you know, we, there's some good teams in the league, and um, you know, you just kind of keep pressing forward. That coming once again from Ken Niamatololo in his 12th season as the head coach of the Navy Midshipmen, giving his thoughts on the team moving forward and getting back to playing Navy-style football and just what that means. And like he said, you know, where we are in the rankings typically to where we fell to, where we fell to, most people, you know, could be happy with that, but we weren't. We want more. We want to do better. And he's always asking his team to take that next step. And Ken Niamatololo, I mean, like I said, he is the longest-tenured coach in the American Athletic Conference. 
and to see what he's done at Navy and how he's been successful and even how an unsuccessful year or a subpar year still is better than a bunch of seasons for teams across the country elsewhere. You know, it just goes to show that what Ken demands and what Navy demands is a lot higher than, you know, what what you need to kind of get in there and squeak into a bowl game and this, that, and the other thing. That they're not just looking to get in a bowl game. They're looking to build leadership and, you know, teach these guys what they need to do to advance forward and, and how mediocrity is not okay. It's not okay in the Navy. It's not okay in life. It's not okay on the football field. Mediocrity is, is not something that you just kind of look past and say, okay, you know what? If we just get by, let's just get by. You know, people that say that they're just getting by, they're not really living. If you've ever met anybody who's just getting by, I would venture to say that they weren't a really happy person. Because that type of lifestyle of just barely making it is, it's not living. And Kenny Amatololo, it's not about just getting by for him. It's about advancing. It's about building off of what you have and going farther, doing more than you did before, demanding more of yourself and of your brothers and of doing it together and advancing as one unit. Coming up next here, Sonny Dykes, as I cover the American Athletic Conference, I had the opportunity to be on the teleconference call, and you know that I involved myself in the American Athletic Teleconference and the Atlantic Coast Conference teleconferences weekly throughout the seasons, and for spring, we have an opportunity after spring ball to speak with the coaches from both conferences, so I had the opportunity to get back on the line with these gentlemen and to spend some time with them who have been good to me for so many years. And I want to thank them. And I want to thank the AAC and the ACC as well. Sonny Dykes is next up. This is the first time we've ever gotten to speak with one another as he is in his first season with SMU. And here are his, his first impressions of SMU and the Mustangs as he moves forward with this team. Well, I think, you know, I've been gone really for 10 years out of Texas, spent three at Arizona and three in Louisiana and four in California, and then spent last year, you know, back in Texas. Uh, you know, a lot of things have changed on SMU's campus since I was on here the last time. Um, you know, Dr. Turner, our president, has done a great job of, of you know, expanding the campus. There's a lot of construction going on. Uh, you know, we just broke ground on a brand-new indoor practice facility. Uh, that's going to be as good as anybody has in the country, and we're really excited about that. Uh, we feel like that's kind of the last step for us from a facility standpoint. Um, you know, I've been pleasantly surprised with the reception that we've gotten from kids in recruiting so far. You know, we've had uh, we had over 300 high school coaches on our campus uh, for spring practices. Uh, you know, this spring. Uh, we've had uh, over 200 uh, student athletes that have come by practice and have been on our campus, and so it's been uh, that's been great. Just uh, you know, to engage with those guys, um, you know, just from a personal standpoint, I feel like Dallas is is as good a city as any in the country uh, from a place to live. You know, I just I love this city. I love the energy uh, that's happening in Dallas. You know, if I'm a college kid. Dallas would, would be really attractive to me uh, just because of, of all the cool things you can do. And then also, you know, when you're done playing football, what a great place to get an education and enter the job force. Uh, 
just because the growth that's happening here is just it's you know it's the fastest growing economy in the U.S. right now. Uh, so there's a lot of great things happening just in the city. It's fun to be a part of that. Um, and you know, from from SMU standpoint, um, I think the same things happening on our campus. You know, there's just a lot of growth. There's a lot of building. There's a lot of investment. Um, you know, people are excited about the university, and I think they're also excited about the football program and, um, you know, and where it's headed. Um, so, you know, I, I think from that perspective, it, it couldn't be any better. My family and myself have settled, you know, about two-tenths of a mile from our practice field. So just from a personal standpoint, my, I can walk my kids to school, and um, and then they can walk over and watch practice and be around our, our players and, and, you know, and other coaches' kids. So it's just it's just a great situation. I can't imagine uh, anything any better, really, in college football than, than an opportunity to live in this community, um, you know, and have an opportunity to coach at SMU in, in a program that I think has a tremendous amount of potential. And so, from from a personal standpoint, it's it's, it's awesome. And as I said, the Rick Hart, our AD, uh, has been outstanding. You know, we've uh, you know we've wanted to do a lot of things differently, and he's. Uh, you know, he's allowed us to do what we think we need to do to position ourselves well and have a chance to be successful. So, you know, it is, it's, just, it's just a start. Been here for a couple of months, but uh, I can't imagine it going any better. And when you look at kind of building off of the success that they had recently, you said the transition from Chad Morris to you went well, that you were, you know, pleased with how the kids handled it. Just to speak a little bit deeper on that transition and if you feel that the success that they just had could be, built upon immediately if you feel like this transition has been smooth for you? Yeah, I, I think that remains to be seen. You know, I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, our schedule. Our schedule is very tough. If you sit down and you look at who we opened with, you know, we opened uh, with North Texas, won nine games last year. They have most of their team back. Then we play TCU week week two. Then we go to Michigan week three. So we have a very challenging uh, start to the season. Um, but you know, when you start looking at the big picture and the long-term stuff, uh, there's not a whole lot to not be excited about. Um, you know, I think I think Chad and them obviously did a really good job, you know, building the program. I think they went from one win to five wins to, to seven wins, or, or one to four to seven, I think is what it was. Uh, but and they got better every year, and, and you know, when you can see the, the fruits of some of that with some of the players that we have, you know, the, the key for us is, is going to be continuing to recruit well. Uh, we've got to we've got to get a little bigger. Uh, you know, have to recruit longer kids, uh, get bigger than we are right now. Um, you know, we've made a really concerted effort to to, to get stronger um, in terms of the way we've adjusted our our lifting schedules, everything we can do to maximize our, our players, and and have really uh, made an investment in our nutrition program here, uh, where we're feeding our guys more often, which is going to help them you know, get bigger and stronger and, and hopefully help them perform at a higher level and really, most importantly, take good care of them. Um, you know, I think that, you know, every day the, the, uh, the you know, the, the link between good nutrition and, and um, you know, and physical development and growth, uh, I think, becomes stronger and stronger and more and more evident all the time. And so our players look bigger now. I think we've averaged about a 10-point or 10-pound uh weight gain per man you know we'd like to continue that uh we just got to get we've got to get bigger and more physical and, and so recruiting is going to be so important for us you know we feel like that that uh 
you know, we're going to develop him with, with Kaz Kazadi in the weight room. I think he's one of the top strength and conditioning coaches in all of college football. Uh, and then, you know, coaching him up, I, I think that we'll do that. And so we've got to, you know, we've got to do a good job of bringing the right players into our program and, and uh, you know, that have a high ceiling and, and, and guys that we can develop. And the great thing is, you know, we're in, in Texas and Dallas where, you know, the, this is the best high school football, I think, in the country. Uh, it's the best coaches uh, of high school football in the country. And so from that perspective, you know, we're really excited about it. That coming from Sonny Dykes of <clears throat> the SMU Mustangs taking over after Chad Morris had left the team in three seasons with the team. Chad Morris finding a way to win and advance the team forward and, and do big things with the program and then ultimately decided to go and become the head coach of the Arkansas Razorbacks leaving the spot vacant and bringing Sonny Dykes back to the state of Texas and here on the show for the first time. So I want to thank Sonny for his time and, and for being a part of it. Coming up next here on the broadcast is going to be Randy Etzel of the Yukon Huskies. Randy Etzel, a name that many fans know because he has a connection to Syracuse. And whenever there was a Syracuse job vacancy after Doug Marone and after Scott Schaefer, the Randy Etzel conversation came up. But Randy Etzel ultimately chose to go back to Yukon for a second stint with the team. He's in his second year of this second stint. And here are his biggest takeaways from the team after the spring and up to this point. Well, I, I think the biggest thing is just the attitude of the players. You know, the attitude, the work ethic, uh, that's changed 180 degrees. You know, the guys uh, uh, bought into what we wanted to do. They understand the culture that we're creating here. And I couldn't be more proud of, you know, what they put into, um, you know, doing the things we need to do to give ourselves a chance to win. So, you know, it's exciting and um, just guys that are fun to be around and guys that want to work and guys that want to do what the coaches are telling them to do. So that, to me, is the biggest change, and now we can we can move from there. We're better, you know, than what we were a year ago. How many wins that translate into this year, we'll find out. But I just know we're heading in the right direction and we have the right attitude and we got guys that want to work and guys that want to do the things that uh, the coaches are asking them to do. And then as far as the statement that you made about the freshman class who are probably going to get more opportunities than maybe they thought or maybe uh, maybe you thought, just what you can say about what they've shown to you and what some of these young guys will be asked to do in this team as, as they step up and move forward here, just what you saw from some of those freshmen. Yeah, we're going to be a young team. I mean, we only have eight scholarship uh, seniors and 14 scholarship juniors, so um you know, 18 sophomores, 14 redshirt freshmen, and 24 true freshmen coming in. So, um, you know, our guys know that the best guys got to play. So, you know, we have some areas where we got to develop some depth. We got to develop some starters. So, and even even some of the guys on walk-ons are going to have opportunities to be able to contribute. So, you know, it's wide open for a lot of guys, and they just have to the guys that work and can do the things that we need to get done, we'll, we'll be out there playing. And hopefully we can get a lot of guys playing. That means we've developed the kind of depth that we're going to need to um, continue to move forward and, and uh, get better and win, win as many games as we can. That coming from Randy Etzel once again of the UConn Huskies, giving his thoughts on the team moving forward and his second season, second stint with the team. So was the former head coach, came back last season, and is now in his second season in this 
in this run with the UConn Huskies and just looking at what he could do and, and moving this team forward. And like you said, they're going to be young. For some freshmen could be out there playing, and they're going to build some depth and move forward from there. And, and how many wins that will translate to is yet to be seen. But I know that UConn fans have been very hungry. These Huskies have been wanting to eat for a long time and have an opportunity to get themselves to a bowl game and move forward from there. So we will obviously continue to cover all of the teams inside of the AAC, the American Athletic Conference, here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. And we move forward into, now each of these are the direct responses from the coaches to my questions posed to them on the teleconference. So this is how I get an opportunity to speak with the coaches every week week during the season. And in spring football, we have an opportunity when spring wraps up to speak to each of the coaches. So this is how I get my one-on-one opportunities while on the phone line. And I want to thank the coaches for responding to my questions always throughout the years. I believe this is my fifth year for the American. And I just want to thank each of the coaches for their time and for being as thorough as they are and for giving me the opportunity to truly cover the American Athletic Conference in its entirety because of their openness of answering questions and because of their availability. And thank you to Chuck Sullivan and the team, Bernadette, obviously Commissioner Mike Oresco, for all the work that's being done in the front office of the AAC. Next up is Scotty Montgomery of East Carolina. He's in his third season with the team. He used to be an assistant for the Duke Blue Devils under David Cutcliffe. And before that, he was a wide receiver in the NFL for the Denver Broncos. So we start our conversation on his advice to players heading into the NFL draft as they step into the NFL. What is his advice being a former NFL player? And we will head to that conversation right after this fast break. This is a wake-up call fast break. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily. You know, we bring in local produce. We prepare to order in the kitchen. We hand bread our chicken. We hand spin our milkshakes. It's it's great food. It doesn't taste like fast food. I, I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. It's different. We, we try to treat people with intentional kindness here, which is very different and deeper than good customer service. And so you know, I think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have at any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalware, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315 315- 
315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you can choose your style, get fitted, and tailored all at Giovanni's Formal Wear. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. It would be a pity if you don't shop For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your events, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing, proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. We are inside the broadcast this morning with the coaches of the American Athletic Conference. I had the opportunity to speak with each of these coaches on the teleconference that follows spring football of 2018 as they head into the summer. You have heard this morning from these coaches in order. You've heard from Mike Norvell of Memphis, Kenny Amatololo of Navy, Sonny Dykes of SMU, Randy Etzel of UConn, and now it is time to go into Scotty Montgomery of East Carolina. And here's what Scotty had to say as we start off our conversation with the advice to players heading into the NFL draft. He was a former NFL player, played for the Denver Broncos. What would he say his advice is about moving on to the next level and just what the NFL is? You know, there's not a whole lot of second chances. So, you know, your first impression is very important. Um, Respect you know, respect greatness. Really respect the, the, the guys, the veterans, the guys that have been there one year, the guys that have been there two, three, four, five, six, seven. Respect them because they've done something that you, you have not done. And all of the, the, the special care that these college coaches, um, head coaches, position coaches, coordinators give you, um, unfortunately, the news that I have for you is that's probably about to, to, to stop because you're stepping into the world of, of being an adult and, and being in a true business where um, – you have a job and, and you know the, the the mentorship and and some of the other things that you get in college and all the uh, the access that you have in college some of those things you don't have if you go if you're blessed to go to certain organizations then you have those but uh that that's not everywhere and um you know you just you you really have to pay close attention to details because there's not going to be very many people to hold your hand now because it is a business and and then you should have grown over the last four years to be able to handle that part of the business. That's exactly what us college coaches have been trying to make sure that we get through to our players from the, the, the second that they step in here. We, we're trying to make sure that they're prepared for the real world, whether that be the NFL or, or not. And then to look at, you know, obviously your time in East Carolina, there's been some adversity over the last couple of seasons. Just what you can say you felt coming out of this spring from the team 
what your takeaways are from them and what the kind of environment and the culture is at East Carolina as you step into this season? I mean, it's just one of those situations to where, you know, we've, we've, we've had to go through what we went through to get to where we are now. Uh, we're a team. Um, that's, that's the best thing that I can say about um, uh, East Carolina right now, ECU, is that we're, we're a football team. And uh, we, we understand each other. We, we know what it takes to be productive. Uh, they're, 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 we don't have the complaining. We don't have the misunderstanding. We don't have the different levels of communication uh, or lack thereof that we used to have. And it's, it's, it's really, really productive uh, to be able to come into a room and everybody knows the, 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 the you know, just the, the, the mode and uh, which way we're going to go in the direction. So we're really, really excited about where we are. Um, you know, we're taking the adversity uh, as anybody should. I think you should be really critical of yourself, and I am critical of myself in some of the adversity that we have. But also, we have to realize that uh, some of the adversity that we have, you know, you, you have to deal with it to, to be able to get to the point and where we are now with some of these great young players and now some of those young players um, that we used to talk about how young we are now stepping into their sophomore, redshirt sophomore and junior year. That coming from the head coach of the East Carolina Pirates heading into his third season with the team, and that is Scotty Montgomery. Scotty Montgomery giving his thoughts on the team, and like he said, building depth and getting this team in a better position as they move forward. So I appreciate his time as always as Scotty Montgomery, a former NFL player and former assistant for David Cutcliffe with the Duke Blue Devils, as well as a former assistant and Mike Tomlin in the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's been around the block. He's been inside the NFL as an assistant as well as a player and so giving that advice to the players. And like he said, you know, you've been getting advice from guys, but that's probably going to stop right now because they expect you to be an adult. They expect you to know what's going on and to handle your business. And basically nobody's going to hold your hand from this point on. You got to get out there and you got to do your thing and you have to put yourself in a position to excel and know that it's on you and you can't put it on anybody else but yourself if you want to achieve your dreams. So there are people that will follow you along the way. There's people that will love you, respect you, appreciate you, and be there for you. That's obviously, you know, when, when we're surrounded by good people that I believe God puts in our lives, those people enrich us and help us to grow. But if we don't push ourselves, it doesn't matter how many of those people we have in our life, it will never ultimately amount to anything great unless we ask greatness of ourselves. With that being said, and speaking of asking greatness of themselves, uh, Philip Montgomery and his Tulsa team, they've had ups and downs, and they've seen the the rise, and they've seen some difficult times. Like he said, two years ago, we won 10 last year. We lost 10. You'll hear him discuss that in just a moment. First and foremost, though, we speak on leadership. He had brought it up in his address in the spring football teleconference. So going off of that, who are some of the leaders he's seen come through the spring for his team, and this is what Philip Montgomery, the head coach of the Tulsa Golden Hurricane, had to say about that. And we will head to that in just a moment after we take this fast break. This is a wake-up call fast break. Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalware, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. 
800-268-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you can choose your style, get fitted, and tailored all at Giovanni's Formal Wear. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your events, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing, proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Proud to have you here on the broadcast, and thank you so much for tuning in to the show. And every single Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, you can listen in to Wake Up Call right here on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. And you can also pick it up on the homepage of wakeupcalldt.com where the MixLR feed streams live. Like I said, Philip Montgomery coming up next in my conversations with the American Athletic Conference from around the league and around the country. We move on to my conversation about leadership and who are some of the leaders that have stepped up through the spring for the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. And this is what Philip Montgomery, their head coach, had to say about that. Yeah, I think, you know, Willie Wright has done an outstanding job, our our starting right tackle, uh, a guy that's very vocal, passionate about what he does. He's he's got a lot of starts underneath his belt, and and he's a guy when he talks, people are going to listen. But I think he's done a, a really nice job of that. I also think Justin Hobbs, uh, is really kind of coming into his own and, and uh, really progressed as a leader from that standpoint. And then defensively, you know, you got to talk about McKinley Whitfield, a guy that, you know, didn't get to participate a whole lot in, in this spring but has always been uh, that guy that, that leads us defensively. Travis Gibson has really stepped up in that sense for me and, and uh, has done a nice job. So to name a few, those would probably be the names I'd throw out, but we've had – a lot of guys in a lot of areas kind of step up and do those same things. And then just what you can say about learning through the adversity over the last couple of seasons at Tulsa, what you've taken away, you know, for yourself as a coach, and then with this team moving forward with the guys that you do have returning, just kind of how the culture has has grown and how you've grown through that adversity. Yeah, I think our, our program continues to grow. I mean, you know, two years ago we're, we we win ten games, and then last year we lose ten. And you know that's that's college football, but that's life. I mean, not everything's always going to go your way. You're going to have adversity. Uh, there's some things that are going to happen that are going to be out of your control, and it's how you handle those things and and step up to ensure that you do everything you can to make sure those things don't happen again. Uh, our team is it was. I thought as as you go back and you look at our tapes, our team competed each and every week. Uh, you know, we lost five ball games by seven points or less, and, and, you know, three of those were on the last play of the game. There's plays within those games that, that we could have made to get us out of those situations, and we've got to make sure that we're on top of it. And, and um, you know, we get, we get 60 minutes to play. we got to make sure that we're finishing better than what we did. 
that coming from Major App or pardon me, that coming from Philip Montgomery, Major Applewhite coming up here in just a moment. So Philip Montgomery once again giving his thoughts on his team coming through the spring and, and heading into his fourth season at the helm of the Tulsa Golden Hurricane in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And coming up next, staying here in the South, it is time to have a conversation with Major Applewhite. Major Applewhite's thoughts on his team as he moves forward. Major Applewhite in his second year as the Houston head coach. Before that was the offensive coordinator under Tom Herman, who's now at Texas. And Major Applewhite and the Houston Cougars decided to add Kendall Bryles and Randy Clements both of them who had been former Baylor football assistant coaches. And I asked him why Kendall Bryles and why Randy Clements, and this is what he had to say about why he chose them for the job. Well, you know, just style of play. Um, you know, from the head coach's standpoint, there's a thousand things that you look at to, to see, you know, the right fit, so to speak. You know, um, the first thing is, you know, where do you want to go offensively? What, what kind of players do you have? What kind of players can you recruit? and what kind of style of offense has the chance to be successful year in and year out. And one thing that Houston has always been able to do is recruit good skill players and good backs, good wide receivers, and score points. And I wanted to find someone in that mold that, that creates an explosive offense. It's not that 12 and 14 play drives are bad. Uh, based on what we could recruit here, I want someone who had that, that, that type of mentality. It was aggressive in the throw game. Um, but I also understood you got to be able to run the ball. So I didn't want to go completely air raid and, and throw it all over the place. I still want to have the ability to run the ball and win games. And, and the production, I mean, it just speaks for itself. You know, and, and, and granted, there was a lot of great players that were recruited there at Baylor. Uh, but also you took a team, you know, Kendall took a team that was 3-9 and nine the previous two or three years, and uh, they go 11-1 and one and, you know, and, and win a conference mm. championship. So Kendall and Randy's knack for being able to – mold the offense, whether it's Ford Atlantic or whether it's Robert Griffin third or whether it's Seth Russell or whether there's no quarterbacks and you have to play tailbacks against North Carolina. Uh, the continuity between the two guys, the production, the level of experience, uh, the connections to the state of Texas in terms of recruiting. And then uh, as I've been able to work with them the last four months, it's, uh, it, it's, it's great to be around great people. So I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, our players love working with those guys. They, there's just a level of confidence that comes along with the guys, the way they carry themselves. And uh, there's a level of expectation that, that we will be successful. And so I think it, it breeds confidence in our players. And that's, I see it. I see it. I see our players improving. So I'm just encouraged. And I know that our players know we got to continue to work to be the best in the West. And you had said uh, that you had, you had asked the team, who are you playing for with turnover? recently at Houston, how did they respond to you? And did that response change over the spring? Well, I think it's more of just a recognition, you know, and just bringing it up, you know, and, and, and I thought about it during spring break and I told the team that uh, at the last practice, I said, uh, you know, I was on spring break with my wife and I started thinking about Steve Dunbar, you know, a guy who I coached for three years, his sophomore, junior, senior year at Houston. And, you know, he's coached by Tony Jeffrey his freshman year. He's coached by Drew Merringer his sophomore year. He's coached by Daryl Wyatt his junior year. And he was coached by Kenny Guyton his senior year. And Garrett Davis was recruited by Levine. He coached by Jack, uh, Jake Spavitov. And David Gibbs was his defensive coordinator his freshman year. His sophomore year, his head coach was Tom Herman and Craig Niver. Um, you know, his, his, his redshirt sophomore year, it was the same staff. His junior year, he had Clay Jennings. His senior year, he had Lamar Morgan as position coach. So, just told the team that and said, you know, I want you to recognize that your staff recognizes this. 
that there's been a tremendous amount of turnover. And it, it, we, we, we have to understand we play for ourselves. We play for our, our team, our Houston. We play for our program. And there's been a lot of coaches go in and out the doors, and that's that's normal in college football. But uh, what we do in these next three months, how we work together, how we prod each other and, and moving forward to getting the best out of each other, that's where we've got to come together as a team and, and develop our edge as a football team. And, and, I, and I saw that in the spring, and I was very encouraged by that. Um, but I wanted to let the players know that I was encouraged by that because of what they've been through. And, and I saw them having fun. I see them coming together more. Uh, we've got to improve as a football team, no doubt, on the field. But, but I see the, the, the spirit that's coming about this team, and I'm encouraged by it. I really am. We've got a, a good group of competitive leaders in our junior and senior class, and that's uh, and in some experience now. And that's something that we had lost one of the 17 seasons. We had lost 10 starters uh, who had 256 starts amongst them, and we had lost eight two-year starters. So we had a lot of competitive experience that, Quite honestly, when you get to those four-point games against Memphis or three-point games against Tulane or Texas Tech, uh, th- th- that's where some of that competitive experience shows up or lack of. And uh, we've got some of that coming back now, so I feel better about where we end at spring ball. That coming from Major Applewhite of the Houston Cougars and his thoughts on the team and really just appreciated his time with that, you know, to speak on the fact that, you know, when he said, who are you playing for? Because there has been so much turnover and, you know, we speak on, well, players leave and players do this and players do that and players transfer, but you know, coaches leave too. And sometimes that puts players in, in predicaments. And, and like major Applewhite was talking about how many different guys, some of these guys have played for how many different position coaches they've had in situations they've been in. So you know, it's just the reality of of all of that is that, you know, you, you put it on the players and people want to talk about how players shift and they do what they want and they come and they go and they leave and they this and they that. But at the same time, so do the coaches. And it's really hard on the players. And with understanding that and appreciating that and trying to bring the team back together and saying, hey, I know you guys have seen a lot of faces, but, you know, who are we playing for? What's on our back? You know, what are we doing together? And, and, and just to to reach out to them and say, hey, we're not going to hide away from the fact that there's been turnover. I'm not going to just walk in here and be like, all right, guys, let's go. Now it's my time to run the show. You know, he, he addressed the past, he addressed the present, and he addressed the future. And I have a lot of respect for somebody who's willing to come out here and say, hey, I know you guys have been through a lot. I know a lot's gone on in a short amount of time, and I'm here and we can talk about this, and we need to, to decide who we're fighting for, who we're playing for, and doing this together. And, you know, is this going to be a Houston thing? Is You know, are we going to be about Houston? Because it has been all over the place, and, and it's obviously been a tough time, and it's not easy on the kids. So it's just good to see a coach that can respect that, appreciate that, approach that, discuss that, and then move forward with his team and say, hey, we're here. Let's do this together. Let's play for Houston. Let's play for each other. Let's play for our city, and let's play for what we know. And, you know, that community connection will hopefully embrace a, a positive change and future for this team as they move forward and trying to get on the right side of things. We'll take a fast break, and, and when we come off of this side of the fast break, you will hear from the rest of the coaches inside of the American Athletic Conference. Coming up next, Luke Fickle in his second season with Cincinnati, Charlie Strong and Jeff Collins in their second seasons respectively at USF and Temple, and Josh Heupel in his first season with UCF. Then we'll head into a one-on-one extensive conversation with Tulane's head football coach, Willie Fritz, in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. 
For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your event, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing, proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalware, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse, next to the Ponderosa Plaza, where you can choose your style, get fitted, and tailored, all at Giovanni's Formal Wear. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily you know we bring in local produce we prepare to order in the kitchen we hand bread our chicken we hand spin our milkshakes it's it's great food it doesn't taste like fast food i I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a chick-fil-a restaurant it's different we we try to treat people with intentional kindness here which is very different and deeper than good customer service and so i think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Inside of today's show, Tuesday, April 24th of the great year 2018, we are hearing from the American Athletic Conference, each of the coaches inside of the AAC 
in their responses to me heading out of the spring and into the summer, courtesy of the AAC teleconferences opportunity for me to ask questions. Here are the responses to those questions from the coaches around the country. Luke Fickle is up next of Cincinnati heading into his second year. His biggest takeaways from his first season in Cincinnati, Ohio, as head coach, that's what he had to say. Well, I mean, again, it was a really a tough year. I know uh, for me, for uh, hopefully for our guys, too, because, you know, when, when you're not winning and things aren't going well, um, it, obviously you have to search a lot more. And, and you know, but th- nonetheless, I think it allowed us to, to hopefully build a lot of the things that I think are important in the game of football and their bonds and, you know, the ability to fight through some tough times and come out the other end a lot stronger. So um, where these tough times in this year was, was really difficult, um, I'm, I'm going to believe it's going to be the backbone to to our future and, and what's going to push us and propel us to to bigger and better things. Um, and I think we saw that in the spring, and that's kind of that what I'm talking about as far as um, when you can assess the season and things, especially that don't go well. Um, you can you look back and try to pinpoint and find out what what those things are. And and, and I don't know even for us us if, if it was as much of pinpointing football things as, as much as just cultural things and the ability for guys to, you know, trust, respect, and love one another, um, you know, because cause you're going to have difficult times. And I think that outside of even, you know, football development and things, we realized um, in, in what we were doing, what I realized um, was that we quite, didn't really have that. And uh, so that, that first season, um, I think with those struggles kind of showed it and, depicted it a lot more so we spent not just the spring but really the off season of january and february really truly trying to develop some different things within our program um and i mean that with the connection of guys and uh, it's just difficult because you got you know you got a completely different culture that's coming in and and what you're trying to instill um and everybody would say well you got to get some some of those guys that you recruited no no 18 to 22 year olds they they'll change and they can adapt a lot better than you know, us 40-some-year-old guys. So it's just about building some consistency in those things that are around it um, and getting them to truly believe in the things sometimes that they can't see. So that that has gone a long way, and I think what we saw throughout the spring was a better product because of it. Thank you, Coach. I appreciate it. That coming from Luke Fickle of the Cincinnati Bearcats, giving his thoughts on his team as they move forward with an opportunity. Like he said, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at what we went through and I'm gonna choose to see it as you know something that we're gonna build upon, something that we're gonna move forward with, and and not as a negative but as a positive that this adversity is all gonna mean something. And coming up next here in his second season with his team is Jeff Collins inside of the American Athletic Conference. Jeff Collins. Temple Owls second season. He has used social media as an advantage, as a positive. Just what he can say about social media and having the the Twitter handles of his players on the backs of their jerseys. Just what he can say about all of these decisions he's made with social media and using it as a positive tool, which we all should moving forward. Yeah, I, mean, I think just in my career, it's been a been a positive for for me in our in my career. Um, but I just think we have so much good things to sell at this place. Um, the culture of this program, the culture of this university is unbelievable. Uh, these kids are some of the greatest kids that I've ever had the pleasure to coach. They come to work every day. You know, we talk about hashtag Temple Tough all the time, but it is real. These kids are tough. These kids are physical. They work hard. Um, we had a cumulative 2.85 GPA in the fall. 
um, which I've been in a lot of really good places and haven't seen that done before. 61 of our 85 scholarship players um, have above a 3.0 GPA. Um, so anytime that you can promote that, promote these kids um, on social media or in the community, on the radio, TV, you know, I think you should do it. And uh, so we just want to make sure um, you know, that we're promoting these kids because they work so hard and we educate them on the right ways to, to handle themselves. Um, and they police themselves on social media as well. And uh, it, it's just it's just a great place. It's a great city. It's the fourth largest media market in America. And uh, so we try to get the, the message out. Um, we have what on paper people say was the greatest recruiting class in school history. And, uh, you know, a lot of that has to do with our presence on social media. Um, so that's that's why we do it. And and as you move forward with, with this, just what your takeaways were coming in last season and what you've seen develop from last season into this year and, and through the spring, just what maybe some of those things you were trying to put into place that have already been put into place and, and how you move forward, your, your biggest takeaways at this point. Sure. So the, the biggest thing coming in, we knew we had a young roster. Um, we didn't have a lot of uh, seniors on the roster at the time. Um, but we just wanted to develop uh, elite depth at every single position. Uh, the way we practice, we get a ton of reps every single day. Um, so we develop our guys year-round. Um, we don't use scout team cards when our freshmen are playing scout team in season. So they're running our offense, they're running our defense 365 days a year. Um, so I think we do some unique things that are different, um, but that really help develop um, our players because we consider ourselves – um, a developmental program, um, so we want to make sure every single day our guys are getting better and uh, our kids understand the way we practice now and we're able to practice and execute at a high level um, starting on day one in the spring um, instead of them having to figure out what we do. They know it. They attack every single thing they do, so they're, they're a pleasure to coach. That coming once again from Jeff Collins, the head coach of the Temple Owls, saying that his team is a pleasure to coach as they move forward and being Temple tough. And and I think what I thought was uh, great and, and, you know, kind of a cautionary tale that people need to understand, policing yourself is important. You know, Scotty Montgomery spoke about, you know, people giving you advice to doing this and that and helping you out and whatever. And now that you're moving in a professional world, you're not going to get that anymore. You got to figure it out yourself. You know, you got to police yourself. You got to know what the heck you're doing. And, you know, that's something that, that we hear from Jeff Collins is, you know, you have to, you have to take personal responsibility and you have to know what the heck you're putting out there and why you're putting it out there. And if you're okay with putting it out there and, and I have, uh, I have all the respect in the world for something like that. And for the statements being made by, Jeff Collins about that, about policing yourself and, and making sure that, you know, you're doing the right things and you're putting your best foot forward and, and that the impression that people get from you is a positive one of somebody who is intelligent and, and has wisdom, has knowledge and, and also, you know, has manners and has respect and 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 just knows how to handle themselves and how to carry themselves. So that's big to say we let our players police themselves and you know trusting your players to do the right thing is huge. And when the players give that back to you, it's the ultimate gift. And we're going to end with Florida here before we get into the conversation with Willie Fritz. The two Florida teams in this big time matchup, they're in the American Athletic East. 
So they go up against each other every single year in division. It's already a rivalry. Now it's a fight to see who's going to get first place. And UCF took it from USF last year. And here's USF in their second year with head coach Charlie Strong and what he had to say about his biggest takeaways from South Florida and being the head coach of the Bulls going into this season from last season. This is what he had to say about that when we spoke. Well, there's not so much we had to rebuild the culture here. It's more, more just transforming it and getting uh, it was in place for. So we had a, a lot of really good players. So it was just more that we made sure that we coached them and gave them a chance to be successful. And as we continue to build it, you have a really good area where you can go recruit. You have a, a lot of great schools around that you can recruit really good players. So we just we got to build it. We got to build it with players with really good character. But we got to build it with players that really love football and want to win because we have not won a championship. And as far as Quentin Flowers, just what you can say about as he moves forward. You know, there's all these quarterbacks in the discussion of the NFL draft, but he's somebody who's who's defeated the odds on and off the field and, and has an amazing story of of who he plays for and why he plays. Just what you can say about what a team gets if they are to take a chance on Quentin moving forward? Well, you're going to get a guy who's a fighter and a guy who's got a, he's a big-time competitor, and he, he does a, he's one of those guys who's he's going to battle to the very end. <clears throat> the players enjoy being around him, a really good leader, but he, he's one of those players that he's fun to watch, and he has so much ability, and he can do a lot of different things. And it's, uh, he was great for us here, and it's going to be hard to replace him. But I wish you nothing but the best on the next level. That coming from, once again, that that coming from Charlie Strong and in his thoughts on Quentin Flowers and Quentin moving forward. And like you said, you know it's going to be tough to replace him and moving forward without him. And if anybody takes a chance on him, they're going to get somebody special. And and I agree with that wholeheartedly because I had the opportunity to be around and and to spend some time with Quentin Flowers and. You know, when he was being recruited by Syracuse and South Florida and other schools around the country, I had him on the show. I think it was back in 2014, four years ago, hard to believe, first time that we spoke. And then going from there to sitting down with him last year in Rhode Island at at Media Day and just spending some time with him face-to-face and just learning about his story even more and what he's been through and just how amazing of a kid he truly is and, and a young man that he truly is and, and what he's becoming. So, you know, for me, I really hope that Quentin Flowers gets drafted because I want somebody to take a chance on him. I want somebody to give him an opportunity. There's a bunch of guys that get into the NFL, you know, and this guy's got, I mean, there's a ton of guys with talent and some of them appreciate it and some of them don't. And, you know, when it comes to somebody like like Quentin, I know he'll appreciate it. I know he'll fight his butt off. And in all honesty, just like a Tim Tebow, I want to have these people in my locker room. I want to have the Tim Tebows and the Quentin Flowers in my locker room because they have been they, – they, it's just – Tim Tebow's faith, Quentin Flowers' faith, you put that together in a room and it just makes something magical and something special. 
And, you know, everything that Quentin's been through, he doesn't complain. He doesn't say anything negative. He just goes to work every single day and gives the best that he possibly can. And why wouldn't you want that as part of your locker room? So this whole, is he a quarterback? Can he change positions? Oh, what about this guy? What about Baker Mayfield? What about, you know, I would rather take a Quentin Flowers who went through the deaths of numerous family members and still found a way to get on the field, still found a way to fight, still find a way to go home and sleep in his bed without crying himself to sleep every night, still found a way to get up in the morning, I would take that above a Baker Mayfield telling me to suck it when he's going by my sideline. I would take Quentin Flowers, his attitude, his enthusiasm, his effort, his talent, and his ability to overcome any type of obstacle and adversity over somebody who's going to tell me to suck it. So... You know, we talk about talent, arm strength, blah, 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 blah. What about the personality of the human being? What about their will to win? Tim Tebow has a will to win. Quentin Flowers has a will to win. Those are the guys that I want to see being talked about, and those are the guys I want to see being picked up, and those are the guys I want to see having an opportunity. And so, Quentin, I hope you get yours. With that being said, Central Florida is finishing off here with UCF and Josh Heupel in his first season with the team and my first opportunity to speak with Josh Heupel. Here's what he had to say in our conversation, starting first and foremost with his first impressions of UCF. And after that, we'll take a step aside and then hop right into my one-on-one extensive conversation with Willie Fritz. So this is what Josh Heupel had to say about his first impressions of Central Florida. Uh, program before before I got here, obviously, you know, success, 6-10 win season the last 10 years, you know, ultimately end up winning a second uh, uh, New Year's Day Bowl in the, in the, in the last five years, a uh, bunch of conference championships, um, you know the recruiting base, great players um, that you can get in your car and drive in a three-hour radius and, and go scoop up a bunch of really good players. Um, I didn't understand the, the academic success that they were having here, the support here, um, on campus for our student athletes, you know, 20 straight semesters of over a three-point uh, GPA, uh, highest graduation rate of public institutions uh, across the entire United States for student athletes. Um, so, you know, in that respect, it's, it's a phenomenal experience that our players are having here. The ability to compete at the highest level and uh, and then have a, a great academic uh, career as well and, and get real meaningful degrees. And then you talk about the area, you know, Orlando's a, a tremendous city, uh, fastest growing in America, I believe. Um, our ability for our student athletes to, to network and get jobs once they're done playing um, is, is a really unique and rare opportunity uh, for kids here inside of the, the state of Florida. It's an absolute fabulous place to live. My wife and, and kids moved out here two days before Christmas, uh, have absolutely loved uh, being here, and that's not just because the kids get to go to Disney World <laughs> on the weekends. Uh, they, uh, they they love the weather, but uh, there's just a really uh, a lot of good a lot of good people here uh, that have helped make the transition easy. Um, but just a lot, a lot of activities for uh, for our kids to get involved in as well. And then, as far as uh, the transition that you're speaking on, uh, kind of an interesting scenario where Scott Frost had accepted a job after the American Athletic Championship game, but came back to continue to coach. What was it like to have you there building for the future and have him there finishing up that bowl game, just what the experience was like? I know you have to spend some time with him. Yeah, uh, unique uh, in that there's, you know, in part two staffs here. You know, the previous full staff was here for the bowl game and, and you know, half of our staff was hired uh, while the bowl prep was going on. Um, unique that you got two staffs in the building. Um, I, I think, you know, a couple of days into it, um, it was good for for everybody. Uh, it was good for our players. 
to to get a sense of who who the new guys were. You know, we were able to go out to a couple practices, able to talk with them. Uh, you know, either before or after practice, and and they kind of got a sense of, of who we were. You know, so when they came back in January, everything wasn't brand new, and and there was some uncertainty just as, as far as what daily life was going to be like. But a lot of a lot of uh, players at their position groups had, had already gotten a chance to meet their coach and, and uh, get a chance to watch them on the practice field. You get a chance to have a little bit of understanding of, of your roster as well. And so that was a, a valuable process uh, for us as well as staff. That coming from Josh Heupel once again of the UCF Knights in his first season with the team and speaking on the you know the the weird environment of having the coach that left and then having him the coach that came on both being in the same building at the same time recently here and then now him officially taking over the team through the spring we'll take a step aside for a fast break and we will come back as promised with my one-on-one conversation with Willie Fritz this is an extensive conversation about football in general Tulane the college football atmosphere the American Athletic Conference and so much more. You don't want to miss out on this opportunity to hear an extensive conversation with Willie Fritz that you will find nowhere else but right here on Wake Up Call after this fast break. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. Gear up with the real deal at Drysig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at drysigapparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Utica Pizza Company spells family, your family, my family, their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens... They're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Well, Coach, first and foremost, just what you can say about, you know, what you've taken from these last couple seasons at Tulane, what you've Learn from your time there. I know the team was four and eight in your first season, five and seven in your second. Just what you're taking into year three for yourself? Well, you know, we, we've been awful close in the last couple of years. I think we've been been better. We've improved from one conference win to three conference wins this last season. And had four games and we lost by a total of twelve points. Uh, you know, we just got to learn to finish the game. We got to do that with doing a better job of coaching and. And uh, also doing a better job of developing the guys that are here and, 
and then the, you know the other thing we got to do is a great job you know recruiting and i think we really signed a great class uh four of the guys uh graduated early from high school and came in in the spring and they're all pushing for uh playing time and, and uh and uh, so that's a good thing if that's indicative of the whole class we're going to be a lot better uh you know i thought toward the end of the year we started finding our stride a little bit offensively being able to throwing the ball as effectively as we ran it. Defensively, we went to a, a new scheme, and, and uh, I think it didn't help us early. Uh, we were still kind of learning our way, but uh, toward the end of the year, we got got better with it, and I think we've, we've really uh, uh, figured out exactly what our guys can and can't do and, and uh, putting them in those good situations and staying away from the bad ones. And uh, then we made a big step in the kicking game from year one to year two. We've got to make that same kind of of uh, uh, improvement uh, this season. And when you look at, speaking here with really, Willie Fritz of Tulane, just what you could say, Willie, about the the guys that did come in early, your four early enrollees, just who they are and what you specifically saw from each of those gentlemen through the spring so far. Uh, Jeffrey Johnson's a you know a kid that you know was originally listed as I guess a four star recruit had a ton of offers had a few health issues uh, prior to his senior year and, and we we're really fortunate to get him he's a big guy he's, you know a, a legit six foot two to six three he's three hundred and twenty pounds but he's got very good quickness and he's got excellent strength for for a high school senior basically uh, he's one of our stronger guys. And, uh, you know, you got to have big uh, guys that can move, uh, you know, in, in, in this league, especially. And, and he, he's going to probably start for us. So we're, we're really excited about that. Uh, and then Devon Wright is another big guy that we, we got in who graduated early from Donaldsonville. He's, you know, 6'1", 290, 295, and can really run. He's got great strength, uh, one of the top lifters, you know, on our team and, and he'll play a substantial amount for us as well uh, as a uh, defensive interior lineman. Uh, Christian Daniels is a, a quarterback uh, that we got three scholarship quarterbacks right now. He came in early, got a lot of reps, came from a very successful high school program in North Carolina, but it was small, you know, high school level. And so this is a big jump for him, and he, he's really taken to it. Well, he's a 6'2", 205, great speed, quickness, smart kid. Uh, and then the last kid is Chris Joyce. He's a corner from the Atlanta area. And, you know, pulled a hamstring during the beginning of spring ball, so we didn't get a chance to look at him as much. But it's just such an advantage for those guys to get acclimated to college life, college football, how we do things fundamentally, how we do things schematically the weight room, um, you know, so uh, I, I think all these guys are, are going to have an opportunity to start or play a bunch for us. And, and Willie, when you look at, you know, one of the guys that, that you have coming back and, and somebody, like you said, you know, toward the end of the season trying to get some things clicking and get some things rolling there, Jonathan Banks at quarterback. You and I have spoken about him before. What can you say about his level of competition, how he's evolved as he is a senior now, and just what your takeaways have been from him so far? Well, he's our guy. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a really good football player. He's, he's really improved uh, fundamentally, uh, technique-wise, 
understands what we're running uh, schematically. Uh, I think he's gotten to know all the, the, the guys. He's a, he's a really tough, uh, hard-nosed competitor, uh, but he's a little bit of a, of, of a introvert where, where, you know, he just, he's not a real talkative guy. And I think it took him a little bit longer to, to get, uh, you know, acclimated to his new teammates, you know, and, and, uh, and our guys just really, uh, he's a leader by example and we're trying to get him to be a little more vocal. And he, he really did that this spring. I, I, I think he's one of our leaders, uh, even, you know, and the quarterback always has a chance to be a leader for you, but, uh, he, he does it by both example. And now he's, he's really pulling guys in the same direction as him. And, you know, we're looking for a huge year for him. We really think he's a, he's talented both as a passer and a runner. And, uh, and, you know, he really feels comfortable, I think, here at Tulane and also with what we're doing uh, football-wise. And speaking here with Willie Fritz, the head football coach for the Tulane Green Wave, Willie, to, to look at who, who he's going to have in the backfield with him, speaking on Jonathan Banks, you know, when he's under center and he's got those guys back there, you don't have Dontrell Hilliard anymore or Sherman Beatty. What can you say about the backfield, what it looks like coming through the spring and what type of weapons you have there? We're going to be good back there. You know, I know we lost a couple of really good players in Dontrell and Sherman, but, uh, you know, Darius Bradwell really came on towards the end of the year for us. He's a guy that we moved from quarterback to running back two years ago toward the end of the season. And then the last year, the last, you know, three games, he, he really, you know, kind of like Banks, you know, he, he, Jonathan came on toward the end of the year. So did Darius, uh, had some big runs. In a, you know, shooting the Oklahoma game, he had some big runs. Had some big runs against SMU toward the end of the year. So he's a bigger back. He's about 235, one of the stronger guys on our team, good speed. Uh, we just got to get him to to improve his game overall, the blocking, the, the you know, making sure that he's a, a sound on every play, assignment sound every play, and, and he's getting there because uh, it's still kind of a – relatively new position for him, but I, I think he's got a chance to be a top-tier back in the AAC. Uh, you know, and then we, we uh, got Stephon Hutterson, true freshman last year. Um, I think he had, you know, 10, 12 carries for us over the course of the season. It really looked good this spring with his patience, uh, vision, you know, particularly running that inside zone play. And then Corey Dauphine is a was a four-star player coming out of high school, went to Texas Tech, transferred to us, had the fastest 200-meter time in the nation as a high school senior, ran at 20.7. And uh, he's a bigger guy, too. He's 205, six-foot, but obviously great speed. So, you know, we we signed some good kids as well. I I think it's going to be an area of strength for us. And, and to look at some of these games, as you said, coming down the stretch, you know, getting closer and whatnot, of the seven losses that you had last season, Willie, in the 2017 campaign, four of those seven, more than half of those losses came from very close scores. I mean, Navy 23-21. We look at uh, the USF game 34-28, Cincinnati 17-16, and SMU 41-38. When we look at Navy, USF, and SMU, you know, of three of those four, these are teams that went to bowl games. SMU turned things around. USF was a very strong team last year, and, and Navy perennially is strong. Just what you could say in some of those games, the separation was, and 
if you feel like you're closing the gap to get to get into some of those games this year and be on the other side of things? Yeah, I think we're getting closer in recruiting and development of our players as far as uh, physical stature, speed. Uh, you know, I know Navy, you know, is an academy and, you know, got, you know, different ways of doing things, you know, as far as uh, getting into school and all those things. But, you know, she, they're, they're a good-looking team. And, you know, I thought we were a little closer to them last year and hopefully uh, we'll be even closer to them or look the same and you come out of the tunnel with them. So that's good. I, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, uh, happy about that. Those other schools you mentioned have, you know, are, are, have got some really talented athletes as well. And, and uh, you know, so it comes down to, you know, those games came down to one or two plays. You don't know when they're going to occur. Might be in the first quarter. Everybody remembers the ones in the fourth quarter late, but uh, we just got to get a little bit better. We got to, we got to get better physically and, and we, we got to do a better job coaching, and, and I got to do a better job as a head coach. But but we're close right now, and, and uh, I think our guys see that, and, uh, and we got to just keep forging ahead. On the defensive side of the ball, like you said, Willie, guys trying to get more comfortable, and and you know trying to fit into that defensive scheming change that you had last season. Where can you say things are at? right now and the comfortability with the defense and now having some time with that defense going into this spring and then heading into the summer? Well, we lost some good players there. We had, we had some guys that had played quite a bit of football here. And, you know, probably the most notable one is Perry Nickerson. He's an excellent cornerback, and, and hopefully he's going to get drafted here at the end of the month uh, from the NFL. He's, he's you know really had some good training sessions with some of the teams that have Come in, so that, that that's going to be a tough guy to replace. So we got to do that by committee in the secondary. Donnie Lewis, who's who's really you know kind of a Perry sidekick, he's got to take that that lead role now, you know. And and, and yeah, I think he can do that. He's he's a little taller, longer, a little bit uh, heavier, a little more mass than Perry, and he had some excellent games for us last year. But I think he can be an All Conference guy. For us, uh, you know, linebacker-wise, I think we're a little faster and quicker than what we were last season. Uh, Safety-wise, I think we've got good speed back there. Rod Teamer's a guy who got hurt early in the year and and just, you know, never really fully recovered from a, a you know, a, a, a toe injury that he had, a turf toe injury. Uh, but we think he's, a, you know, an all-conference-level type of player. Uh, the defensive line, I think we got – really good speed up front. You know, we're going to miss Sean Wilson. He did an excellent job for us up there, you know, uh, at the nose guard position. But our front line with uh, Cam Sample and and Robert Kennedy and and now Jeffrey Johnson, I think have got a chance to be as good as, you know, a lot of the fronts in in our conference. So, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a quicker, faster uh, uh, defense what we've had and, and if some of these freshmen are as good as what I hope they are going to be we'll, we'll have some good depth across the board and in closing here with Tulane Green Wave football head coach Willie Fritz here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora Willie to look at this league you and I have discussed this before not a lot of coaches with long tenures with the teams that they're that they're on Sonny Dykes is in his first season at SMU Josh Heupel is in his first season at UCF. And then from there, we have Jeff Collins of Temple in his second year. 
Charlie Strong of South Florida in his second year. Luke Fickle in Cincinnati, his second year. Major Applewhite at Houston, second year as the head coach of that team. I know he's, he was there as an offensive coordinator, but second year as the head coach. Randy Etzel in UConn, second year. And outside of that, it's Mike Norvell in his third year. It's you in your third year with Tulane, uh, Mike Norvell with Memphis. We look at Philip Montgomery in his third season with Tulsa, and East Carolina Scotty Montgomery in his third, and then Kenny Amatololo by himself, 11 seasons at Navy with this season coming up. Just what you could say about the turnover, the change, what does it do for you as a coach? Is it difficult to scheme and prepare for, knowing that the overwhelming majority of coaches in this league are in their third season or less with the team that they're on? Yeah, I guess I'm a wily old veteran. (laughs) <laughs> now, but, but uh, you know, Coach uh, 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 Philip over to uh, Montgomery uh, Tulsa. I think it's his fourth, and then then you have uh, Coach Ken. You know, so you know a lot of it has to do with coordinators. You know, uh, you know how many years have they been there? Uh, you know, I think that matters. We're proud of the fact here. At, and uh, Tulane, we're one of only three schools in Division One. You know, out of 130 schools that play Division One football, that I've got the same staff intact three years in a row. So there's a lot of turnover in college football across the board, obviously. Uh, but it's a it's a great league, very well coached. Every single week that you go out there, uh, you know, you're you're not going to have any surprises where guys aren't going to be able to adjust and do things uh, recruiting is very very competitive as well uh, but it, it's a great league I was I was in another division one league and in this one I really feel like uh, there, there's a reason why we call it the power six you know there's you know week in and week out these teams can play with quite a few of the uh, you know those uh, the power five schools I, I, I think it's a you know I, I tell people I've had people that followed me in my career and come to different places. And usually the first time they, they come and watch our team play at Tulane against another AAC team, they're like, wow, this is a lot better than I thought it was going to be. You know, and, and uh, I think you've got people haven't been around the league much. They, they, that kind of surprised them. So, you know, I think it has a lot to do with coordinators, you know, how many years they've been there and, and then after you play three or four games, you usually can get a pretty good beat on the people that you're going to play. And, and and yeah, obviously you brought up Phil Montgomery. I said three is actually he's going into his fourth season there. So like you said, a wily old veteran in the American. But but you, you brought – I mean, you've you've been all over the place. And, and, Coach, you have the respect. You know, when, it, when I say Willie Fritz, it's not just from, you know, people within the community – and whatnot, but I mean, these are other coaches that when you came into the American Athletic Conference, they said, "Listen, this guy's won everywhere he's been. If he struggles at all, if the record doesn't state it, it doesn't mean that what's coming isn't going to be big for him." Just what you can say about the respect that you've generated—that people believe that wherever you go and whatever program you touch, essentially, you're going to leave it better than what it was. Well, I appreciate you saying that, and I appreciate those coaches saying that. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I always have people, I'm kind of the poster boy for uh, guys that have come up, you know, I don't want to say the hard way because I've enjoyed every every step in the process, but, you know, going from junior college head coach to Division two to Division one AA to 
Division One than to a higher level of Division One. And, and one of the reasons I've I've gotten these jobs is maybe there have been jobs that have kind of been rebuild jobs, you know, and, and uh, you know even Georgia Southern to a certain extent because we were going they were going from one double A to, to Division One, and uh, you know it just there's a process involved with it. You got to have a little bit of patience. I don't have much of it. Uh, and it's disappointing that we didn't, you know, you know, have an opportunity to play in a bowl game last year. That was our goal. And we came within, you know, a, a second or a play or an inch or however you want to call it from, from attaining that goal. But, uh, you know, it, it's a good league. I, I like the, I like our commissioner. I like, uh, I, I obviously love uh, people here at Tulane. I've got a great athletic director to work for. Uh, it's, uh, you know, everybody does things in a first class manner and, and, and we're, we're doing that here at Tulane. We, you know, this is, will just be the fourth year in the stadium, you know, on campus. Uh, we're doing some things with our weight room and, and meeting rooms and office facility. And, and, uh, and we've got a unique situation. We've, you know, we've got a lot to sell here with, you know, world-class education and, you know, and, and, and big time football and, and doing it all in the, you know, the number one destination city in the world. You know, New Orleans has voted that this last year. So there's a lot to sell here. and We, we can get it done here. Tulane, there's no doubt in my mind about that. What is it about Tulane? Before I let you go, speaking here with Willie Fritz, the coach, the coach of the Tulane Green Wave. What is it about that area that you're in that just makes you believe that this is going to come up because you know we talk about you know like you said being in a newer stadium and having that stadium I know that in the past some games you know had to be played elsewhere building up the fan base getting butts in the seats recruiting well finding those right guys that are going to make sense with the program just how much of an uphill battle has this been and how much how how high with this uphill battle how high are you on that hill right now i mean are we are we getting closer to that peak do you see that moment coming i, I think we're a lot closer uh, you know you know college football's uh, you know a, a lot of parity you know you, you know we went 5 and 7 last year we talked about the four games we lost by 12 points but we we also won some close games army game came down the last drive you know they're a team that won 10 games last season east carolina overtime you know to beat them you know so we had some close ball games as well but uh you know we, we just got you know a lot to sell i you know I, i'm doing these interviews with our players right now and most of mine is what, what do you where do you see yourself in 15 20 years you know you, you've put yourself in position to be highly successful because you're going to leave here with a degree from Tulane. You know, this is one of the toughest schools to get into in america you know, we had over 37,000 applicants last year. We accepted uh, 5,000 of them, but only 20, you know, 2,300 of them came to school here. So it's very selective university, tough to get into. Uh, but if you get a degree from here, you're going to be set for a long period of time. And, you know, that's what we push, number one. And then, you know, the other reason I feel like we can have great success is I'm around a lot of great football players. Granted, Tulane has not had a lot of success. Five winning seasons, I think, in the last 35 years, maybe 36 years. You know, so not a whole lot of success. But uh, I, I just don't see any reason why you can't have success here. I mean, New Orleans is one of the better football, high school football playing cities in America. 
state of Louisiana is outstanding. You got Mississippi, Alabama, you know, Texas, all within driving distance. Georgia's, you know, I can get to some parts of Georgia in five hours. You got the Panhandle of Florida. So we've really stretched out our recruiting net in, in you know, with, with, with our academics and, and stretching out that net a little wider. You know, we feel like we can get guys who, who fit our profile here at Tulane. And, and in closing, you said you really liked, you know, obviously what the commissioner is doing with Mike Oresco, and, and he's a regular here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. We get to spend a lot of time on his vision, his mission, what he's about. The the praise for, I mean, he used to be the old Big East commissioner, then the Catholic Seven moved forward in basketball, created the Big East once again, and kept the logo. And then the American Athletic Conference was born out of the fire of realignment, essentially, with only three teams, UConn, South Florida, and Cincinnati, that were still there. And then all these teams like Tulane had to come in. When you see what's been done with the American Athletic Conference in their very short history, what are you impressed by? What do you like about the vision of Mike Oresco? And then secondly, you brought up the Power Six. Is that the real deal thing now? Is there any question in your mind if that should exist at this point? I believe it. I mean... You know, just in the short time I've been here, you know, uh, you got University of Houston, I guess the year before I came in, they darn near, you know, could have been national champs. Uh, you know, then you got uh, UCF, you know, last season, an incredible year. Uh, who am I missing? I'm probably missing somebody that played, uh, played great ball during that time, too. But, you know, I know Tulsa's had some great success. Uh Houston, obviously, has had great success. Uh, you know, Memphis, uh, Mike's done a tremendous job up there. He followed, uh, you know, the coach of Virginia Tech and, and has only built, you know, on that on that program uh, in a positive manner. Uh, you know, South Florida has had some great teams, great seasons. You know, so, it, you know, this league is, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's, you know, proven itself and then i'd watch basketball shoot I, cincinnati has a break here there shoot they're playing they might be playing for a national championship you know there's great great teams in the, in the league uh basketball wise you know of age you know, i had that incredible shot to you know uh, uh get, get kicked out of the ncaa you know coach samson done a fabulous job so uh yeah i think it's uh uh you know, great league, uh, football, basketball, baseball, whatever, whatever you're talking about. It's a great league. And you're a coach inside of this and, and, and looking at the fact that you've stuck around. You know, you've you've been with this two-lane team. And like you know, we had talked about, you're going into your third season. But coaches sticking around this conference, I find it very interesting that if, if people are saying that there isn't a power six, it's just a power five, I always ask the question every year, if the American athletic is so bad, how come you're poaching the coaches every single season? How come you looked at trying to maybe take some of the schools out? I mean, if, if the coaches aren't good and the programs aren't good and they're not doing the right things, why does everybody want them when a vacancy opens up? The other side of that is you stayed. Mike Norvell stayed. There's certain coaches that have stuck around. Kenny Amatololo a couple seasons ago, UCLA and different schools, potential opportunities, he stayed. What can you say about staying and if, if you believe that this conference is getting to a place where 
guys will start staying and, and we'll see longer than two years, three years on the tenure for the coaches? Oh, I, you know, I think everybody's situation is, is uh, unique to that individual. But, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, I, my circumstance here is fantastic. We got a great AD president. I, while I was just talking to you, the person beeping in there is our president of our board of trustees, uh, Doug, Doug Hertz. He's uh, part owner of the Atlanta Falcons. You know, and, and, you know, we, we, it just is uh it's a great place it's a lot of competition uh you know it's it's very well coached uh, you know the other part too is you know almost every school is around great football you know and we got we got bigger media markets than a lot of these so-called power five uh teams you know with, with tulsa and, and uh, dallas and houston and memphis and orlando and new orleans and, and uh, tampa and a lot of these, you know, Cincinnati, you know, so there's a lot of people that, that know about, you know, the, the, the American and, and the prowess of the league. And, and uh, you know, I think it's only going to get bigger and better. That coming from Willie Fritz of the Tulane Green Wave. Willie, I can't thank you enough for taking some time and, and spending some time here to speak on your program and the future of the American as a whole. And as always, you know that you have my respect with what you're building and what you're doing. And, and I thank you as always. Thank you, Dan. Right. Wave. This is a wake up call. Fast break. The Wildcat sports pub in Camillus, New York is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. This is Kira from Looking Glass Events, where we're always giving you a reason to celebrate. Whether you have a small business, large business, personal event, or wedding, we are available to plan and coordinate your dream event to life. Every detail, every step, Looking Glass Events is working with you all the way. Call us at 315-702-4653. That's 315-702-4653. Or contact us through our website, lgweddingsandevents.com. Looking Glass Events giving you a reason to celebrate. The Penn & Trophy Center on 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, has been making memories for Central New York for over 60 years. It has the trophies for your teams, and when you walk in there, it's so much more than just that. When you walk into the Penn & Trophy Center, you are immersed in the reality that anything can be customized, anything can be engraved, whether it's for your anniversary, your wedding, your bar mitzvah, your birthday party, whatever you want to do with that memory, that watch from grandpa, or that bracelet from mom, or that wedding 
wedding ring that's been passed down through your family. If you want to get something engraved with a memory to last a lifetime, the Penn and Trophy Center, 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, where memories are made and where memories last a lifetime. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to have you here on the broadcast every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And I thank you so much for tuning in to the conversations that we have had today inside of the broadcast with the coaches of the American Athletic Conference. I want to give a special thanks to every coach of the AAC, Mike Norvell of Memphis, Ken Niamatololo of Navy, Sonny Dykes of SMU, Randy Etzel of UConn, Scotty Montgomery of ECU, Philip Montgomery of Tulsa, Major Applewhite of Houston, Luke Fickle of Cincinnati, Charlie Strong of USF, Jeff Collins of Temple, Josh Heupel of UCF, and of course, Willie Fritz of Tulane, who just spent an extensive conversation with me here on the show, and I want to thank you so much for being a part of it. Uh, big thank you to all 12 of the coaches and for Willie for taking an extensive sit-down conversation with me. I truly appreciate your time, Coach Fritz, Fritz. So thank you for that, and I, I appreciate it very much. With that being said, it's time to get to the final part of the broadcast, the final part of every time that we step into Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on a Tuesday, and that is to end out the show with what's called Ingredients to Success. Ingredients to Success are those that are proudly brought to you by Utica Pizza Company, just like the ingredients that they put into all of their amazing dishes that help them to have successful meals on your plates. All those ingredients that they use to create successful meals that you take home to your family or dine in and eat there or cater at your event that tastes like mom's cooking, grandma's cooking, grandpa, dad, whoever it may be. When it comes to getting into a kitchen and making something special that feels like somebody made it right there at home in your kitchen. That's what Utica Pizza Company is all about. And their ingredients to success are something that we value here on the show very much so, as well as our partnership in its entirety with Utica Pizza Company on 628 South Main Street in North Syracuse, New York. And with that being said, the ingredients to success for today in today's broadcast on April 24th, I'm going to I'm going to take a look at, you know, there's a lot of things going on on Twitter right now. There's hashtags describe Twitter badly, you know, what's, you know, what what's something that's, you know, it, it, there's just a bunch of different questions about Twitter. You know, and and describe Twitter badly, describe this, describe that, what about this, what about that? And and here's the reality of it all. Okay? The ingredients to a successful life on social media. How about we do that today? It is to be yourself and to not go on social media to ask for people's permission. You're not going to get it, okay? You're asking a bunch of strangers to tell you what you should do in your life. That's not going to turn out the way that you want it to. So, you know, that that is not something that I believe is the way to go for you in these ingredients to success on finding success and peace in social media because you want I mean this is the thing the more people that you talk to about well what should I do with this and 
how should I live my life in this respect? How should I do this? How should I do that? The more people you involve, the more, you know, it's like this, okay? I used to be one of those people that would talk about my relationships to everybody, right? I would tell everybody, oh my God, my girlfriend did this. She did this. She did this. She said this. What about this? The more people that you involve in your relationship, the more people feel like they're in your relationship and that they have a right to give their statements. And then you get more opinions and you get more drama, okay? The more people you tell about your situations and your problems, the more people are going to have opinions about your situations and your problems, the more people are going to talk about your situations and your problems, and ultimately, even if you pass your situations and your problems, they're going to want to still bring them up and talk about them because some people like drama, and some people just can't get off of a subject. So... That's, you know, when it comes to social media, I wouldn't suggest that you go around in your life and tell all your friends, oh my God, 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 oh my God. You know, you have a girlfriend in your life that you think might be cheating on you, okay? You go to somebody that you trust. You talk with them. You discuss it. You go over it. You know, maybe you talk to a couple people that you're close with, but you don't talk to random stranger on the corner, your bank teller, the person at the Chick-fil-A drive through window fill over at Utica Pizza while he's cooking your food. You don't go and do that because the thing is, it's like you're, you're giving everybody your information, right? You're telling everybody what's going on and that's going to create a world for you where people feel like they have a right to tell you what... You, once you t- say to somebody, what do you think I should do about this? Or tell me if I'm doing this. Some people are genuinely going to help you because they love you and their family and they care for you. And family can be blood or not blood, but those are the people that are going to look out for you and they're going to be there for you no matter what, okay? There's people like that. And then there's people that are not looking out for you. They're just trying to do what they want to do. And they're trying to either make drama in your life or, or affect your life in a negative way. And what I'm getting at here is that in social media... If you wouldn't do this in your normal life, or even if you would, you have to think about this, okay? If you're gonna, if you tell your, if you tell your doctor and your dentist and your male person and the person in the drive-through and the person that's checking you out at the grocery store about everything going on in your life, these people, once you say to them, "What do you think I should do?" or "What would you do?" or "Give me advice," once you open that door, some people will use that door to help you. Other people will use that door to control you. Social media is the same thing. If you wouldn't go to a bunch of people that you trust or maybe a bunch of people that you see all the time, why would you go to a bunch of strangers on social media and say, hey, can you guys tell me if I'm pretty? Can you guys tell me if this is fun? Can you guys tell me if you like this? Can you guys? I don't go on social media and say, hey, do you like my show? Can you like my show? Is there anything about my show? Oh my God, is my... you don't go on as a paranoid person. I go out there and I say, here's my show. If you like it, great. If you don't, whatever. I know that I put together a good product. I trust what I put out there in the world. I know that I bring it every single day. And I know that I demand greatness from myself and that I have God on my side. So in all honesty, I'm going to give you what I'm going to give you. And sometimes you're going to pick it up and play with it and, and enjoy it. And other times you might put it down and that's on you. That's your thing. That's what you want to do. But I'm going to keep doing what I want to do and I'm going to keep living my life. The moment that you go on to social media or in life in general and ask people to tell you, should I, can I, will I, won't I, 
would I? You give people power, especially total strangers, power to control your life, you're not going to like what you find. And the reality of it all is they're never going to tell you to be your best self. <laughs> and they're never going to push you to do this, that, and the Because the thing is, these are not people looking out for your best intentions. You don't even know who they are. There should be people in your life that you can trust, that you've seen over time, have always had your best interest in, in mind. And they're going to be there for you, and they're going to help you through anything. They might not give you the answer that you want to hear, but they're going to give you the answer that you need to hear. Those are the people that I surround myself with. But ingredients to a successful life, don't look to social media to tell you if you're good at your job, if you're pretty, if, you're, if you have good fashion, if you have this, that, and the other thing. You don't go to social media for that stuff. Okay. You go inward for that. You go inward for that. And if you're having a tough go at it, you go to your loved ones that are there for you every single day and would, and, and don't have to like your Facebook page to prove that they're your friend. Those are the people you go to. The ingredients to a successful social media life is to know that all of your people in your life that truly matter are not the ones that are liking and tweeting and fate and doing this, that, and the other. They're the ones that are calling you up and saying, how's your day? You know, I don't say, oh my God, my best friends on Facebook are the ones that like my page the most. No. <laughs> my best friends are the people that call me up and say, Dan, I haven't heard from you in a while. I love you. How you doing today? So we can meet really cool, genuine people on social media. We can meet some of our closest friends on social media. And I feel like I have in certain respects. But that's something special, right? I think on Facebook, I have 2,200 or 2,300 friends on Facebook. That's a network. How many of those are actual friends that would be there for me if I was in the hospital? That 2,200 becomes 10 real quick. So know who your true friends are. Know who your true family is. And be okay with that. And be okay within yourself. Your ingredients to a successful social media life is to not put your product out there to ask if people like it. It's to put it out there with the confidence that they should like it. That there's no reason not to like it. And that they would be crazy not to like it. That's how you have to live your life. I love what I do. If you don't like what I do, that's fine. If you hate what I do, that's fine. I'm still going to get up in the morning and broadcast tomorrow. And that's the worst thing you could do to a hater is to continue to live your life because they're not living theirs. So they don't want anybody else to. You have to live your life amidst all the craziness and know that the people that are coming after you, they're just unhappy. And chances are they've gone after other people too. And if you don't respond, they're going to go after somebody else to take your place. You pray for those people, that they find peace because they don't have it, that they find a job they love because they don't have it, that they find a relationship that's valued because they don't have it that they start to value the things that they have in life that they're not valuing because they're not right now. Unhappy people are easy to find. Just look at anybody on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, so on and so forth that's just writing hate speech. Those people are not happy. You pray for them, but you don't ask them permission to live your life. That is your ingredient to a successful social media life and a successful stress-free life in general. Don't ask, others, don't ask other people's permission to do things that you can do. If you're not hurting anybody, go live your life. Be happy doing it. 
Don't ask permission to live your life. Those are your ingredients to success. Just be you. Wake up every day and be you. There's nobody else in the world that can do that. You're the only one that can be you. They can't be you. You got to be you. There's a reason why God made you. So be yourself. And give your gifts back to God and to your loved ones by being your best self. That's it. It's as simple as that. We finished up for today's show, and I thank you so much for tuning in. And I thank you to Capizza Company for being a part of the show. And I thank you all for killing it at Chick-fil-A Cicero yesterday. Thank you so much for being there. Thank you to the entire team that was there. Can't wait to share that with you tomorrow. The West Genesee, or pardon me, uh, for you know West Genesee at the Wildcat. I love everything that we do there. And then CNS at Chick-fil-A Cicero. I cannot wait to air what we're going to air tomorrow on Wednesday, April 25th. You will hear our live show that we did from Chick-fil-A Cicero with the CNS Boys Lacrosse team. I can't wait for that with Nate and Brody, Vandy, Jobin, and of course, head coach Bill Aldrich. I, I am so ecstatic to bring this show to you. Very funny, very entertaining, just Unlike anything I've ever done before, and we've had over a thousand people on the show, so I told the gentleman that that was that was tough for me to say that I've never had something like that before, but I never have, and I can't wait for you to listen to it because if it's new for me, it's new for you on the airwaves, and it's new in a great way. So the CNS Boys Lacrosse team joins me, and I can't wait to share the North Stars with you this Wednesday, as well as the ACC coaches. You'll hear from a bunch of the coaches that I had an opportunity to speak with here coming out of the fall into the spring just as we did with the American. We're going to do that with the ACC coming up tomorrow, April 25th, and I'm ecstatic for that. We're going to have a bunch of coaches as well as the Notre Dame coach, Brian Kelly, on the broadcast. Of course, Dino Babers from Syracuse. That'll all air tomorrow with the CNS Boys Lacrosse team special from Chick-fil-A Cicero. A big thanks to Jim Rusikowski and the entire team at Chick-fil-A for being awesome, making awesome food, and giving us an awesome atmosphere to connect with the community in a special way and make this Chick-fil-A not just a Chick-fil-A, but Chick-fil-A Cicero, New York. Thank you so much, and God bless you. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at CallDT, Instagram at WakeUpCall underscore DT, and on Facebook at WakeUpCallDT. Like the page. Buy your tickets for the CNY Pop Festival, the newest thing to come to Central New York, and there's nothing like it anywhere close. CNYPopFestival.com. Get your tickets while supplies last. Limited quantity of VIPs and a limited quantity of the May the 4th Be With You sale, where for every adult ticket you buy, you get a free children's ticket, a $25 value for just $15. Make sure that you buy your tickets now at CNYPopFestival.com. In the meantime, God bless, be well, and a special thanks one final time to the American Athletic Conference, to Chuck Sullivan, and to all of the participating teams on the teleconference. God bless you all, and have a great day. I'll talk with you soon.